Hello, listeners, and thanks for joining us on this weird and very wild journey that's actually taken many years to get here. Um, I'd like to welcome you all to the beauty and the brain. Um, Though I did not give myself that title, I just don't want folks to think that I'm an egotistical asshole. So, but you are. No, 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 <laughs> no. I'm joking. Oh, shots no, fired, Maddie. You are just my personal favorite nerd and no. like a legitimate genius. Um. So, for those of you who are new here, which as this is episode one, I hope it's all of you. Um. Uh, Maddie and I are best fucking friends. Um. But if I'm being honest, Maddie, like. 90% of what comes out of your mouth, I I don't get all the time. So good I, to know <laughs> that majority of our friendship has been built on lies. Oh my God. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a lie. I mean, I just, I appreciate you educating me. I just don't always get it. <laughs> Oh my God. I love you so much. But in all seriousness, thank you for including me on this amazing journey. I remember years back um, when you were living in North Beach in San Francisco, where we were having like our, one of our plethora of Friday wine nights after a rough week. And this was brought up. And then I remember even like a couple of years back or like a couple of years fast forward, another situation drunkenly once again, I believe it was during your 30th celebration in Bali. And then I think there was one last time before this came to fruition. I mean, I think there's clearly a theme there. Uh, yes. Oh, I've been wanting to, you know, I've been wanting to, you know, start a podcast probably for the last like six years. I just never, I never knew what it was. I never knew what it was going to be about. I didn't know like what the fuck I could bring or like offer people. Uh, So luckily you're my smartest friend. And you know, when we got absolutely fucking trashed in Joshua tree, I'm so glad that rather than like run around the fucking desert barefoot or at night or getting eaten by coyotes. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. But like, I'm so happy that instead of doing that, we literally just like sat and kind of like, I was just about to say birthed this podcast. Uh, but yeah. we like, <laughs> we like came up with this concept. Um, I'm like, so, so, so like excited. So first of all, thanks mom for pushing me and for getting at your, at my shit together. Um, I'm like, I'm very excited for at the very least, just having fun time yeah, more with you and recording it. I mean, yeah, we, we definitely did. This became like our little brain child that we birthed while in Joshua Tree, having had probably maybe three bottles each of Rosé at that point. But, uh, you know. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Sorry, um, real mom. <laughs> um, and theme of our friendship. Um, yeah, but, you know, I think it this will be really, really good. And I think it will be, you know, just like we talked about, kind of bringing some of these basic bitch topics or interests into the intellectual sphere. And don't get me wrong. I love me some Kardashian. I love me some Real Housewives. I love me some trash TV. According to society, I've got some basic bitch tendencies and I'm proud of it. What can I say? Um, I mean, this is literally why you're the brains of this operation. I mean, 
bringing basic bitch interest into the intellectual sphere. Like, how fucking eloquent is that? I mean, here I am. I'm like, we birthed this podcast, and you're like, anyway, anyway, anyway. Stop. Uh, <laughs> I'm just good with words, mom. Or I try to be, to say the least. Um, but okay, so. The idea here is that I'm going to bring everyday gossip questions. I guess we can call it like basic bitch topics um, to the table. And Maddie, you're going to help us kind of like translate that into dinner conversations so that, you know, when you're sitting at that table and people are talking about things that you really don't understand, or maybe it's sports, maybe you just don't care about it. Um, the hope is that I and you all will be able to contribute to the conversation about shit that you care about or I care about, but make it so that it's relevant to everybody around. So I'm like super, super, super excited about this. Um, and so I guess like that brings us to our first topic, which is super fucking relevant for today. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I am just so curious as to what you thought about sex life. I mean, it is a car wreck of a goddamn show, but how was it? Did you love it? Did you hate it? I need to hear everything. I mean, like, first of all, I, I, I like, I know that you like some shit that's like out there, but I cannot believe that you all people were like, you have to watch this trash. Like, for the and, and by the way, like please, next time you're going to suggest that I watch porn on like my television, please like make sure that you tell me it's porn so that I don't rope in Mar- my husband as well as like my friend who's living with us temporarily. Like because it got a little weird. Like I'm not gonna lie, they were all like, "Oh, cool," you know, you know, like everybody already thinks we're a thruple. Like, are we trying to be? It was fucking weird, mad. So. Okay. Fair point. Fair fucking point. I should have warned you, but I figured like you would have already known if I was going to suggest something with the title of sex life. I didn't, would have gonna be, I, like, I, I, so I've seen it, right. It's come up on like things for you or whatever for you. Why that comes up is I, I'm not sure. Cause I don't think I've been watching porn on Netflix, but um, like, I didn't realize that it was so, okay. It's literally like someone ripped off 50 shades of gray and then decided to try or attempt to make it somewhat acceptable, you know, to feminists around the world, um, by having it be about a woman who's exploring her sexuality and like, she does what she wants and rah, rah, um, angle. Uh, I mean, and then I think the only other thing that I really got from it was that women naturally love an Australian accent. I mean, who isn't a sucker for an Australian accent? But also just adding to your summarization, this is 100%, I believe, to be porn meets Hallmark. I mean, come on, think about it. Oh, like so cringy. So like, yeah, yeah, I was like dying. I was literally like shrinking into the seat. Um, Okay, okay. But yes, I 100% agree with that. But for real, real talk, for those of you who maybe haven't (laughs) dedicated... 10 or 12 or whatever the fuck hours to this entire season. Um, although don't lie. I know you've seen a little bit. We all know that you mm-hmm. saw the memes on Instagram and you immediately went to Netflix and you watched episode three minute 20 because I did it. I did it at brunch with someone that I met for the first time. It was a little weird, but you know, we got through it. Um, but okay. For real talk. 
Um, so the premise of this disaster of a show is it's like this stunning middle-aged brunette who's basically, I feel like trying to answer the question of like, is the perfect life enough? Um, you know, she was super crazy in her twenties was like slutting it up all over New York city, got her heart broken by her hot, rich, successful Australian boyfriend on multiple occasions, but still went back to him every single time, which personally I'm like, eh, it's like a feminist thing, but is it really, um, you know, then of course she meets the perfect man who's like super hot has no daddy issues, you know, is great to her, marries him, moves to the burbs, has two kids. And then of course, like naturally, because you would decide that you hate your life. Um, And then of course, she eventually starts dreaming about her ex-boyfriend and writing her diary, digital diary, which is like, I don't know, that's weird for me. It's like, you're going to have a diary just writing it, but okay. Um, About her hot ex and their sex life, which is apparently like the fucking a porno. Um, Mm -hmm. And then of course- her husband finds out and then naturally, naturally, because this happens in real life, hot boy comes back into her life and is like, I want to win you back and marry you. And sorry if you haven't watched it. You just that's the whole story. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's I will say 100 percent like very cringy, very porny, very like hallmarky, sometimes soap opera. Um, there are moments where I wanted to strangle the main character. Um, just because it's like, it's kind of repetitive with the flip floppiness and I don't know how I feel. I don't know what I want. Um, which I kind of personally found annoying as all hell, but it is interesting. The trope that they used with like the women wanting to fix the man, like he'll change eventually, but then I think we all, we we all, um, (laughs) we all learn the hard way. Um, but I will say what was mostly interesting to me about the premise of this show was how it kind of delved into the deeper topic of, you know, can you have it all in a monogamous relationship? Like is monogamy even really natural, like given like what's natural for us as like a human species? I mean, this is why I fucking love you, Maddie. Like you would take Hallmark meets porn and find the deeper meaning in it that like they clearly were going for. Meanwhile, I'm just like, rewind to episode three, minute fucking 20. Like, let's just watch this dick swing around a little bit. I'm like, that this this is why. This is why <laughs> this is why we're friends. And this is why <laughs> I will say though that the reason why I think this was like forefront of like my mind was because I just finished reading um this really great book called um Sex at Dawn by uh, Christopher Ryan and Cecilda Jatha, who, by the way, psychologist and psychiatrist, they're married. Lord knows what fucking goes on in their household with how they psychoanalyze the shit out of each other. Um, But I I thought it was interesting because, you know, their focus of the book was like the evolution of monogamy and human mating systems, which I felt like was so relevant to the show. Yes. And like, want to hear more about this, but for the record, I, you know me, like it takes me about three years to finish a 250 page book. I don't read that much. And if I do, it's like not intellectual things. Um, This is why Maddie, Maddie is my teacher um, and I drink the rosé and I learn. Um, So for all of you who are like, what the fuck is this podcast about? And like, how did this happen? Like, I think you're about to understand and you're about to like get it. 
uh, to learn why I'm called the brain, the aka the biggest nerd you all will probably ever meet. But you're a hot clink. So. Oh my god, stop! But really, keep going. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, <laughs> clink, clink. Before I start getting into the midst of the content of this oh, book, can you even see? Because I like to blur my shit out so that. Blocked out my blemishes, but um, I'm drinking white claw while you drink your rose, though. I wish I was there with you drinking rose. One day, one day, mm. <laughs> one day, one Got day. It. Okay, tell you about this so, book. So, once again, I felt like this show did it very terribly, but you know, it does bring up the question can we have it all? Is monogamy natural? Is it not? And the premise of this book is it really goes into like, what are these factors? that showcase that monogamy isn't really natural to us. Um, and so they start off with kind of talking about the Flintstoneization of the past, right? Which means basically that our biases kind of limit our understanding of our past because we're bringing in these, these modern ideas and these constructs into societies of the past. And this modernism has really led to majority of people to assume that our species is, always has been, and always will be monogamous, right? But when you think about hunter-gatherer societies, right, like these tribal communities that we all started as when we were, when we, you know, human evolution kind of began, um, and this is all pre-development of agricultural societies, basically sexual interaction was a shared resource, just like children were, childcare, food, protection, tribal communities was really about taking care of one another. So there wasn't this like concept of like, this is my mate forever and always, it was everyone we're doing this together so first of all you know me like love this idea of someone else i have a fucking kid i don't have any kids but someone else take care of my kids Mm -hmm. love that concept so we should definitely bring that back um that's number one but more importantly like are are you telling me that i got here we go like hey best friend hey mads it's Mark's birthday. I think you should give him an annual birthday blowjob because I have lockjaw tonight or like my TMJ is fucking flaring up. Like, is that what you're saying? Is that, is that, is that for real? Because I'm very down with this. I think this is a good example of Flintstoneization of the past where we're bringing in modern, uh, modern ideas, modern constructs. I'm okay with that. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. But I will say though, like, Sure. If, if you want to like boil it down to that. Yeah. Like they were, you know, once again, sharing it and sex was considered a shared resource. And I mean, it kind of makes sense when you think about Darwin's like survival of the fittest in Darwinian sense, it offers the best chance of survival. Right. So we kind of go to that. And then they talk about sort of the invention of agriculture, right? Like agriculture essentially fostered possessiveness, jealousy, greed because our society became more about ownership. What is mine? And this is where, you know, paternity certainty comes in where like, I, you know, some dude was like, I don't want to have to pay to raise another like man's fucking kid. Right. Like I'm only going to pay for what's my kid. What like was was originally my semen. Right. And, you know, this kind of forced women into fidelity because, you know, with agriculture, it became about like land ownership. Then it became about like owning a woman, owning her womb so that she could procreate with you and give you a child, which then you would, you know, invest in time, money, and then give them sort of your land or your resources, money, whatever it is in regards to the legacy or lineage of that family. 
Um, so that's sort of like the start of like where monogamy kind of comes into play. Then they kind of bring up the concept of, you know, our evolutionary ancestors, right? Bonobos and chimpanzees, which by the way, we share 98.4% of our genetic code with them. I mean, that, that's fascinating. I have, <laughs> I've been meaning to ask you this question. Oh Lord. <sighs> okay. What the fuck is a bonobo? Because my <laughs> husband, so, okay. So Mark wears bonobos like clothes and I thought it was just a clothing brand. I swear to God, I, I, I've been waiting to like drop this on you for this moment. Oh my God. <laughs> is a bonobo a monkey? Yeah. It's a type I of monkey. I could have Googled it. I just opted not to. No, I, I mean, it's, it's hilarious. Um, no, it's just a, a different type of monkey. Um, okay, that that's apparently not exciting. we're the closest to like 98.4 fucking percent. Can you believe it? Like what really differentiates us from them? 1.6% of DNA. Like that is wild when you think about it. Um, but anyways, bonobos and chimpanzees, other than, <laughs> you know, being labeled after a clothing brand, um, they're not, they I'm like, wow, they're so smart. They like, they, I get it. I get it. I get it. Bonobos, you win. You should sponsor us. This is our first episode. I've already fucking name dropped you. You're welcome. Um, no, but apparently they don't practice monogamy. Um, and they utilize sex as a sort of currency within their, um, within their tribes or communities, their little powwows, if you will. Um, which once again, begs the question, okay, so then why is that 1.6% of DNA, the differentiator between making us monogamous versus not, you know, in comparison to them. Mm. Um, then we kind of go into the sexual anatomy evolution. Dun, dun, dun. So, um, males genitalia, um, evolved in a competitive mating system. So what does that really mean? It means that the size, shape, testes, all of that have evolved in order to compete with other men's sperm. Can you believe that? So thrusting motion and penis shape have evolved so that men can literally pump out the semen of a previous man. Like, what, is, what does that even mean? And I mean, does, does that actually work like anatomically speaking? I mean, according to science, yes. Like if, if, that really, if that's true, I feel like sex ed could have and, and probably should have been a very, very different like class. I mean, could you imagine having a conversation with your significant other where you're just like, yeah, I can totally build that guy that's like sitting across from us at the bar because like your penis is literally going to take out all his sperm the next time we have sex. So it's, it's completely fine. Right, babe? It's like, it's completely fine um, because you're not going to have to pay for this guy's kid. You're not going to have to raise it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, I mean, no, I, I cl- obviously could not imagine having that conversation because I clearly subscribe to this concept of, you know, monogamy is king. Uh, but le- let me try it out. Let me, let me ask Mark, hey, would you be cool with me going out or getting on Tinder and, and fucking someone else? Just, you know, and, and I'll, I'll let you know. I will report back. But I just how that be goes. there in the background of that <laughs> I'll FaceTime you and like keep my phone on the on the table or something next to I'll me. I'll just and, mute and... myself as I'm popping popcorn in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can add it to the podcast. Also, like while we're on the topic of penis shape and size and things, um, like, I mean, it's very clear that Brad, Australian man, his dick definitely one evolution i mean that thing literally hangs his fucking knees so god damn right i mean it i wonder if that was like a consideration when they cast this guy or decided to show his dick or whatever it was right i mean do, do you think it's real or do you think it's a prosthetic 
Good question. I don't actually know. I'm going to go ahead with real. I just feel like that's a lot of effort to put into a prosthetic for a half a second. A half a second that literally drew how much attention to it. So touche marketing team or whoever you were, if, if you thought of that, but like, I think it's real. I want to believe it's real. I mean, I'll go for it, man. Billy, I'll throw you a bone, right? Yeah. I mean, considering now that the actress and Andrew, whatever his name is, the actor are now dating in real life. Like, I want to believe that she has a happy ending. (laughs) In real life, you mean? Yeah. I want to believe she got that happy ending. Um, I felt bad. I was like, that's so sad. <laughs> like art imitating life, you know, it's a whole thing anyway. Yeah, but like they had like divorced way before, like separated way before, I think her and the other guy, I only know him because of, I grew up watching Reba with my mom, fun facts. And he was like the dumb oh. son-in-law in Reba. Oh, I only knew him from that, from uh, something borrowed where he plays like the stupid. Oh yeah. Dumbass plays the dumbass roles. That's but, yeah. the kind of, that, and I, and I love that movie because I've read every single book in Emily Giffen's like Aww. repertoire. And so to go back to, I don't read things that can contribute to dinner conversation. That's what I read. Um, but nonetheless, he's got a big dick. Yeah. So Women, he went out in the evolutionary sexual yeah. anatomy evolution, right? So I his mean, penis was meant to suck other people's sperm out of yeah. whoever's womb he is entering. Like God, God was like, Brad, Brad, there you go. We need more Australian tall eight pack men in the world. Like we got, go. we got you. We got you. Okay. So but then, you know, as the book, going back to the book, um, they, they also talk about sort of the evolution of female sexual behavior, right? Like how we can still see our promiscuous past in some of our modern day activities, if you will. So like moaning and being loud, which is known as like female copulatory vocalization is essentially it's, it was originally intended to act as an invitation, AKA calling out or encouraging other males to try their luck. Fun I have a lot of thoughts on this. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on that. Right? Uh, a, it makes sense why my milkshake's not bringing anything to the yard. Uh, because I, no, I, like, I, I'm like, oh my God. I'm very, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's me because like, I don't know. I, I, I have a lot of thoughts on this. That's interesting. Okay. Okay. All right. Keep, think about keep it. Like, more. Moaning, like it turns dudes on. I have, I have a really wild story back when Pierre and I were first dating and we were living with his friends in the shack. There was a gentleman who stayed out in the living room while we had these room dividers in the living room, but he was like a common friend that was coming to stay for a little bit. One of our many roommates was having very, very loud sex. And the woman was being very, very loud. And next thing you know, this dude is literally jerking it off in the living room. Like, like maybe like six, seven feet away from me while I'm sleeping in bed. Like shit was wild. And I was like, dear God, get me the fuck out of here. And I had to, I kid you not at some point, I literally texted Pierre because he was out with his homies. And I just like, I 
heard like a quieting down of motions. And I literally just booked it to the front door. Like I was in my PJs. I did not give a fuck. I didn't have my car keys. I was like, I just can't be in this household, but like, it's because moaning is a turn on for men. But anyway, do you love how I just like inserted that scandalous ass story? Wait, I'm like dead. How have I never heard that? Also kind of horrified, kind of like intrigued, kind of Mm -hmm. interested. We'll talk about that more. Um, Okay. Fuck. I gotta, I gotta up my moaning game. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, but then I know wild story proven it works, right? And we've proven it works. And then they kind of make the argument that, you know, we're simply adapting to our external environment and culture. And one of the quotes in the book that I really, really love, um, kind of talks, it, it basically is, it is a common mistake to assume that evolution is a process of improvement, that evolving organisms are progressing towards some final perfected state. But they and we are not. An evolving society or organism simply adapts over the generations to changing conditions. While these modifications may be immediately beneficial, they're not really improvements because external conditions never stop shifting, which makes sense, right, when you think about it, that evolution doesn't necessarily mean improvement. It, it just fucking is because our society is constantly changing. You know, new religions are being evolved and introduced. Different psychological beliefs are being introduced. Like things are constantly shifting as, as we are. Does it mean that it's shifting for the better? No. Shifting for the worse? No. I mean, it's all debatable. It's all subjective, truly. Um, but it's it's interesting because, you know, as the book goes on, you really think that they're like, against monogamy and all of this. But the point that they're truly trying to make is like, can we really be happy because our society has developed that this norm of true love, right? Like in order for you to be in a loving relationship in order to feel like you are loved properly by the one that you're with, that it equals monogamy, right? Which completely dismisses some of these like finer evolutionary, sociological, biological, anthropological arguments that really point towards us being a more sexually promiscuous species. So it brings up the question truly, like, can our society find a balance between our culture's like promotion of monogamy equating to love and like our actual biological needs? I mean, wow, a lot. Um, Okay. So a couple of things. First one being I am not convinced that this couple, the the psychiatrist and psychologist couple are not just a bunch of fucking swingers that are like (laughs) trying to get this to be more more socially acceptable. Um, I mean, kudos to them. But that being said, I mean, like if Mark was like, hey, I want to fuck one of his ex, one of my exes um, or this other girl, mm-hmm. like, uh, I, I, ju- I just don't know if I'd be okay with that. And like, here's the thing. I do not consider myself to be a jealous person in the slightest. Like, uh, you know, like Mark, he is pretty active on Instagram. He loves to follow his fitness models and all the thirst traps and thoughts and shit like that. And like, I, I literally don't care, uh, because I feel really secure in my marriage. Mm-hmm. That being said, I literally, I don't know. I don't know if I could like, I don't know if I could do that. Like, what are your, what are your thoughts? This is like a tough one because I feel like so much of the data points to, you know, us 
not being monogamous. So like it, it's just like, oh, well, can I, you know, make myself feel okay with the fact that like, okay, maybe monogamous isn't natural. Maybe we should consider it, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, think about it, Alina. One of the things that I feel like is a norm within married couples in our day and age is like the marriage hall pass, right? Like, wait, is wait, it like wait, a form like, of that? A norm to talk about, like, it's not real. Yeah. But like, if, if it were to come, like, let's say the person that you have a hall pass for comes into your immediate vicinity and it's a possibility, you mean to tell me you wouldn't take that fucking possibility? I mean, I guess Bitch, I never do not about lie. <laughs> look, 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 Seagold pre-baby, Zac Efron plus three inches, height twice. Um, (laughs) don't get me wrong like I don't know I don't know how to do it I feel like I'm all talk I'm also like a loser but not a loser but you know no I I I don't know I don't know I gotta think about this I I I feel like and maybe it's because I was like so young right I was a child bride I've been with Mark for so long but like I, I I actually like can't fathom that concept Oh, well, I mean, I'm weird? a sexual freak and you know who mine is. It's Tom Hiddleston. Um, he's like, not only is he super hot, um, he's super smart. He went to Cambridge, graduated, um, believe top of his class. Um, he attended the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. Um, he's just poetry in motion for me. I guess I just love the... The nerdy, like Shakespearean thespian types. What can I say? Um, but every time he comes up on screen, I straight up tell Pierre, I was like, I hope you know, if he comes into my general vicinity, like all bets are off. I am fucking the shit out of that man. And Do you mean that? I'm fucking the shit out of that man. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. It's always so, so what does Pierre say? Oh, I mean, like he laughs about it, but like, because he, he knows he's like, she's never fucking getting within 300 feet of him. I mean, how are you getting, how are you getting that close to him? Who knows? I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying it's like, we all have these, I mean, it's a form of like a fantasy, right? Because it's like, I don't know. There's a part of me that feels like every married couple kind of does it right. The hall pass thing, because it's like yes. part of the fantasy, you know, and not even fantasy of like, you know, if the possibility came to be okay, like would I, wouldn't I do it? Like, I, you know, you know, I would still love you. It's just the one thing that you would give me like a pass on. And it's because you've communicated it. You see what I mean? Here you are making me think again. (laughs) I mean, okay. Okay. So real, like for real, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm like, I'm a loser. And I don't think I would actually have the balls to like go up to Steve. He's just a girlfriend, but you know, whatever um sorry louisa um but i i I feel like i would probably be like "Ah." but if he like maybe hit on me i i would i would i would entertain it i don't know if i'd have the balls to be honest with you to like proceed Mm -hmm. but i think he's hot as fuck yeah um but i mean like mark knows like you two have communicated that and i feel like it really comes down to communicate okay so let's Since we're talking about communication and since we're talking about this hall pass stuff and we're talking about like what we've already said to our significant other and kind of agreed upon, can we talk about that part in the show? And sorry for those who may not have watched it, close your ears, 
Um, earmuffs, earmuffs. earmuffs. Um, but the part where they end up going to that swingers party and it's supposed to be uh, an act of oh, them gosh. spicing up their marriage. But then he ends up getting that blowjob in front of her by that neighbor friend of theirs, which I thought was wildly inappropriate it like made me cringe in the sense of like this is so unforgiving because it was a power play it was just like this whole messed up thing of like he was trying to teach her a lesson like it wasn't something that they communicated to advance or talked about or agreed upon they just kind of showed up and then he took advantage of a situation okay couple things number one Nobody ever's hot. Like, I don't know. I feel like I would, like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to step outside my marriage, if you will, I'm going to do it for a fucking, for Steve Gold. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to do it for anybody. That's number one. Number two. Um, yes, I agree. I felt like it was very clear that, like, they kind of knew what they were getting into, but they didn't really know what they were getting into. And they didn't, they didn't set boundaries, which I agree with you. Like, mm-hmm. this whole concept of, um, like hall passes it's 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 a boundary right it's a very clear boundary that being said i don't know that he did it teach her a lesson i think he did it to feed his own ego personally i think he was feeling really <laughs> fucking sorry for himself did it out of anger like let's be real about yeah, it yeah, he yeah, did exactly. it out of anger yeah. yes he did it out of spite out of spite yeah. maybe it's better like 100%. word that i was looking for yeah. but yeah and but but i thought it was disgusting i thought it was creepy i think he's mm-hmm. creepy but that's another story for another day. Um, but I felt like what he achieved from that though was exactly what he wanted, right? Was for her to then realize, oh shit, my husband's fucking great. I don't want his dick in another girl's mouth. But so like, maybe he got what he wanted. But like, did he though? Cause like the ending of that show was kind of going in a different direction. Yes, but in the moment, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like the, his idea saying. was like, let me teach you your own, like let me show yeah, you what this like, means. I still think it was fucked up. I mean, here's the thing. Oh, the I, way it went down was gross. So gross. Um, here's the thing. I know couples um that ha- actually have open marriages and they've made it work, right? With ground rules. I mean, you know about I'm not gonna say the full name, T and A. Um, they've been married for a few years now, you know, they have basically set it up where you're allowed to sleep with whoever you want. You need to tell me who it is beforehand. We need to kind of agree on it together and you can only do it once. And I'm sure that they're like, it can't be within their like immediate circle. There are probably some other notes to that or caveats as well, but like they've been happily married now for like years and years and years. And like, they set the groundwork. They made it work. I really think that, you know, we're at a point in history right now where we can make your marriage relationship, whatever the fuck you want, right? We're no longer playing by people's rules anymore. Rules that were created during a different point in history. You know, there's this, I was watching, as you know, I like to waste hours on fucking TikTok. Um, and there was this like video of a guy talking about like this Twitter feed thing. Um, and apparently they were talking about how, you know, men actually have to put in work now. Like they have to actually make themselves likable because it's no longer like a a power play, right? Where think about it. We're two generations removed from women not being able to have a bank account without a man, right? Like that is so 
close to us in proximity where there was still this power dynamic in play of like, you know, men as providers, we didn't have as many rights. Like we couldn't open a fucking bank account with a dude, but we're living in a different day and age where like you now get the space to figure out like what it is you want, what will make you happy. You're no longer following this like rubric of like my marriage has to look like this, 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 because that's what society has told me all of these fucking years, right? Like you no longer have to worry about surviving, finding a man, AKA was like a bank account, good credit, decent paying job. You do. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would still sell myself for a billionaire sugar daddy, but like you get the point that I'm trying to make here. No, I mean, look, I, I agree with that. I think it's actually crazy when you put it that way, that like, I couldn't open a bank account. And by the way, ladies, when you get married, if you do decide to combine finances, pro tip, you know, all the fucking passwords and don't give them to him. Uh, more on that on another episode. No, but okay. So like Mark and I have had conversations, right? Where why we've had this conversation. So I'm actually not sure, but you know, he tells me, Hey, look, if I ever felt like I needed to get some kind of sexual gratification outside of our marriage, or like I wanted to hook up with somebody or whatever, like I would tell you, he's like, I would, I, he, you know, obviously knock on wood, haven't been there yet, but theoretically it's not because he doesn't want to be with me. It's because he like needs something or he, whatever. Right. And by the way, like he'll tell me like, Hey, that girl's hot. And I'm like, yeah, she's hot. Or hmm, really, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and personally, that's just like, I don't care again. Cause I'm confident in our marriage. That being said to go back to the whole, like, I think communication is key. How I'd feel about it in the moment is I, I, I can't, I can't speak for myself, for him, for whatever, but I, I agree with you in the, the sense that like, yeah, like maybe we're going through something like this, all like the Will and Jada thing, right? Like they were mm-hmm. going through something. They didn't know if they were going to make it work. So they decided to like part ways temporarily. And she, you know, did yeah, her thing with that August guy. Thing. I feel like polyamory and like thruples and all this is like having this like resurgence or even like a surgeon, like a general surgeon in society where people are like, you know what? The traditional models don't fucking work for me. So I'm going to go down this path instead. And like people are doing it unapologetically, which I am fucking here for whatever works, you know? Yeah. I just feel like people need to not have a stick up their asses about other people living in a model that isn't, you know, the norm, the tradition. I agree with that. Like I said, I don't know if like, hope fingers crossed my marriage doesn't get to that point where like we, and why, I don't even know. Why did I say that? Right. Like, why am I, I'm literally agreeing with you. And then I'm like, but I don't want my marriage there. Um, I, like, I don't know. I think it's so, I think it's contextual. I think that it's a lot about you and your relationship and where you're at. Like I said, you know, Marcus straight up told me like, I'll tell you if it happens, I think TBD on how I react when he tells you that mm. for real. Um, but no, I, I totally agree. I think that like the biggest thing for me or the couple, couple of things for me about the show in particular were a, the fact that she was just like lying. It's like, girl, God. if you're a fucking freak, just fucking own it. Don't lie. Mm-hmm. That was what freaked me out because going back to it all, communication is, mm-hmm. I think, the key to a marriage. Um, 
And then the fact that her husband, who, you know, I think was a damn creep. Mm -hmm. He just completely like invaded her privacy. I know everyone like is talking about episode three, but truly for me, the worst one that I like, I literally had to pause and like had to look at Pierre. Like, did that just happen? And we rewinded it and we're like, are you fucking kidding me? But it was the part where he, he did invade her privacy. He went through the journal or the diary, the, the digital diary, which all the way you dumb bitch, like you have a MacBook. Why don't you just like have a password that shit. or like, you know, the biometric scan shit <laughs> was wrong with you. Anyway, I digress, but Hallmark meets porn. Exactly. Why. Exactly. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is like he invaded her privacy and then decided to fucking like rub one out to a story That's of her so and her creepy. ex. Like what? The fact that Netflix took it that far though. Like let's <laughs> Netflix, what are you doing? Who's buying your shows? Exactly. <laughs> but it's like Netflix, I'm going to keep buying your fucking stock. Let's be real. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because women, let's be real, we're all fucking sickos. Mm-hmm. Most of us love that shit. Fifty yeah. Shades of Grey was shit. Mm-hmm. She's a multi-billionaire, whatever, millionaire. Mm-hmm. And same, same with this. But okay. So, all right, all right. I agree. It was weird. Like, this, like ooh, you're so gross. You're a dirty oh, yeah. man. I mean, once again, it's, I feel like with any successful relationship, it truly just comes down to communication and the fact that like he did her dirty by invading her privacy like that. And the fact that she just kept making things like there were moments I truly wanted to strangle her character because she just like kept making it worse by continuously lying and lying. And it wasn't even like she did anything super bad. Right. It's just like, say what you fucking did. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's also this point, I think, in any relationship where if you're lying like that, then like you're not having a full, full relationship where you're bringing your authentic self and your authentic needs to the table. That's the other aspect of it too, right? Two-way street, got to bring your authentic self and authentic needs in order for it to be sustainable, cherishing, loving, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? And I feel like they just kept like, this was like the prime example of toxicity prime yeah i agree i i i agree i agree i get it it's not an easy conversation to have but like bitch he's you're continuing to write in the damn digital diary with no password thanksgiving recipes he found it like you're continuing to do that um own it just fucking own it at this point i mean that's kind of where the whole so, came from right where it was God, just like no i was like come on Come on. You would have thought that after the first invasion of privacy, she would have done something, but no, no. I mean, well, that's another conversation. I think like, did she want to get caught? Did she not want to get caught? Who knows? We'll never know. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, I feel like we could literally like psychoanalyze and dissect this shit all day. But uh, uh, on that note, like let's end this on a positive note. Um, I would love to, you know, stay married to my husband. So, you know, <laughs> Mads, let's, let's, let's bring it home. You know, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I think that people just need to not follow frameworks and that, you know, if you're finding that you're unfulfilled in a relationship or, you know, unsatisfied or what have you, like 
be your authentic self, communicate, bring the problems to the fucking table. Don't do what this dumb bitch did. And mind you, she was getting her PhD in psychology from Columbia, I believe. So like (laughs) the fact that she like fucked up this bad, like, I just want to tell anybody who may be going through like marriage issues, like you, you're going to be fine. Just communicate. Like you can't fuck it up as much as this bitch did. Right. Like learn how to manipulate, learn how to manipulate, like Maybe we'll do an episode on that. I, I, like, come on. Not, yeah, I, I was literally like, this fucking program can't be that good. Sorry, mm-hmm. Columbia. I wanted to go there. I clearly wasn't smart enough to get in. But like, I genuinely was just like, this is not cute. Like, you are supposed to be able to, to, to do this. To do this. So, to know when a yeah, relationship like, is yeah. getting to a really bad level. And the fact of the matter is that she just kept progressing and spiraling out of fucking control. So I think at the end of the day, yeah. really, why I thought this show was entertaining was because it touched on that monogamy piece, but then also the broader the broader realization, and I think the broader takeaway is that like every relationship can be what you want it to be. There is no set framework. Society cannot tell you shit. Mm-hmm. Like our past, our history, our evolution tells you kind of what's natural to us, but like you fucking do you at the end of the day, like- don't let anybody else tell you anything. It's between you and your significant other. Just talk. Truly. And on that note, I think that this is a good place for us to end our first ever podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for our first ever episode of Beauty and the Brain. Next week, we'll dissect the most important legal battle of 2021, the Free Britney movement. I know it's gotten a lot of um, cover time in the press over the past few months, and especially in the past year. And we would love to get into a little bit more in the details of the psychological and legal impacts of this case, um, especially in regards to the Queen Godney. And don't forget to like and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Thanks, everyone. Bye.